Hello, heroes and dreamers. I am Peaches, your host today on Campbell's Corner. How would you advise somebody to tap that spring of eternal life, that joy that is right there? Well, we're having experiences all the time, which uh, uh, may, on occasion, render some sense of this, a little intuition of where your joy is. Grab it. No one can tell you what it's going to be. I mean, you've got to learn to recognize your own depths. Welcome back, everyone. It has been a hot minute since the last episode. Flaming hot. Flaming hot, like in fact. Like a Cheeto. Yeah, maybe more than a Cheeto, if we're to be honest. Yeah, and happy belated Easter and... Uh, stuff (laughs) we're preparing for spring baby yeah uh yeah so today my wonderful listeners we're going to be talking about tricksters on our show today and of course we have the wonderful the beautiful the stunningly talented and fantastically smart jazz back in the studio as my guest for this evening well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this is Peaches. I forgot to say. <laughs> Peaches, why are you going to forget to introduce yourself? Well, I'm just more excited when other people are in here and get that. to talk about the other things because I'm just me, but then there's fantastical things to be explored. A so. true host right there. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'll get us kicked off or would you like to get us kicked off? Mm. I feel like we've been we've been really vibing with the you going first. Okay, okay. We can do we that. Can, we can shake it up if you want, but I'm, maybe, I'm actually... Maybe we're, since we're flaming hot already, we can just shake it up and oh, we'll okay. just go for it. Okay. I feel like you're ready, ready and rearing. You can so. see it in my eyes. I can. Listeners, I can see there's the... a burning glisten <laughs> in my eyes. I say trickster and she goes, yes. <laughs> so whose idea was tricksters? I can't Yours. remember. It was? Yes. Okay, then maybe it, maybe it is just... I think it is. That I take the lead. Okay. Well, friends, listeners, cult followers, <laughs> whoever that might be, today we're going to talk about one of my favorite mm. mythological deities of the Northern American Southwest, and that is Coco Pelli. So, Coco Pelli, what is that? What kind of word is that? Who is that? That is going to be a short translation for Coco, meaning wood, and Bilau, meaning hump. Together we get coco belly. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, please correct me. I would love to be educated on that further. This is just my personal experience with this mythological figure. So. And you said where was it from? This uh, particular deity originated from the Hopi tribe. (gasps) Oh. Yes. Mm. And in turn, reaching back further was a part of the Anasazi culture. So who was Coco Pelli? Known as a fertility god, prankster, healer, and storyteller, Coco Pelli has been a source of wonder throughout the country for centuries. Coco Pelli embodies the true American Southwest and dates back over 3,000 years when the first petroglyphs were carved. Although his true origins are unknown, this traveling flute-playing Casanova is a sacred figure to many Southwestern Native Americans. Carving of his hunchbacked flute-playing figure have been found painted and carved into rock walls and boulders throughout the Southwest. There are many myths 
of the famous Kokopelli, of which is that he traveled from village to village, bringing the changing of winter to spring, melting the snow, and bringing about rain for a successful harvest. It is also said that the hunch on his back depicted the sacks of seeds and songs he carried. Legend also has it that the flute playing also symbolized the transition of winter to spring. Cocopelli's flute is said to be heard in the spring's breeze while bringing warmth. It is also said that he was the source of human conception. Legend has hmm. it everyone in the village would sing and dance throughout the night when they heard Cocopelli play his flute. The next morning, every maiden in the village would be with child. Oh, snap. Devious. <laughs> Fertility god indeed. Fertility god. So, I want to read to you this amazing rhythmic ballad Ooh. of Coco Pelle. I, you know what? I love a good ballad. I there's we gotta maybe that's a good idea for another episode because there's some great songs and legends that are in song form that are worth it to talk about. I think so too. There's there's some great epics to be had. I'd love mm-hmm, to talk mm-hmm. about uh, Oshin, the Irish deer Ooh. prince. That would be really Ooh. fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So the ballad of Coco Pelle. A strange lonely figure stow- Let me restart that. <laughs> a strange lonely figure stares out of the past, where engraved by an artist in stone, held firm by the sand in which he is cast, these last thousand years quite alone. Could he be listening, trying to hear? Moccasins scuffing the butte, bringing the people once again near to hear Cocopelli's sweet flute. His image inscribed on a thousand rock faces, from east to the great western sea, from Sonora's hot sun to the north glacier bases, proclaiming this loved tutelary. Through the powers possessed and methods employed are often in open dispute. One thing is agreed the people did love, to hear Cocopelli's sweet flute. The stick figure man with a hump on his back, seemed always to cast a good feeling. His magic, perhaps, taken out of his pack, would comfort the sick and do healing. Mm. Whatever his talents, they surely were grand, and a fact no one can refute, as people would come from far in the land to hear Cocopelli's sweet flute. I love that. I love that writing. I actually found that on indigenouspeople.net. There is a lot of additional interesting lore and information on Cocopelli. I think I've been on there before. Yes, I love going there to catch up on lore yeah. and folk stories and just, you know, kind of not. I was reading one about mm. the, I don't remember which tribe, but it was in the Canadian uh, area, uh, kind of above Washington State, um, that was about the 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 moon and how the gal turned into the seal or maybe I've got it wrong whatever but that's I read it on that website that's a great website 
It is. And I also want to add that Coco Pelli is a story that is a depiction of one man, but I would like to add some additional clarity that Coco Pelli was a part of a group of masked spirits that would be depicted called the Kachinas. Mm. So if you've ever seen wooden dolls of what appear to be Native American dancers that are in regalia, but with mystic looking masks. Ooh, that, okay. That is at least what has been taught in my family by my step great grandfather to be a Kachina and mm. I just thought that they were very interesting. In addition, um, so Cocopelli was a like spirit or deity that could be um, recognized in others. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a male and female version. And the female version is called a Cocopelmana. Mm. And so um, it would be common to see male or female versions of the spirit of Coco Pelli manifest. There was one other writing in here that I wanted to share that I thought was really special as a musician. And I just wanted to share this with you because I recognize Coco Pelli in you. And here it is. <laughs> I am Coco Pelli. All are Coco Pelli. There is nothing that is not Coco Pelli. I, as Coco Pelli, am myself in search of Coco Pelli. When Coco Pelli meets Coco Pelli, Coco Pelli is pleased. All who know the mystery of P- Coco Pelli's play sense the future that is on its way. Listen for the simple beauty of the flute. It hearkens the truth and enlightens the root. Go Coco Pelli! Yeah, Coco Pelli! Coco Pelli. Oh, I love that. I recognize it in you as well, my Coco Pellian <laughs> friend. <laughs> That's really sweet. I like how it. the legend has... In not just one gender, it's got both genders, because that, that almost is a running theme for a lot of trickster gods, too. Because I know Loki, he's a shapeshifter, so he can be anything. I, I mean, I say he, but I mean, could be anything that he wants to be. Like, he could be a horse, he could be a woman, he can be anything. So that's interesting that that's another connection that can be made and through I- that. Yeah, and I really like that in the sense of fertility or being with creation mm. does not necessarily just pertain to pregnancy or being with child, but mm. it's the it's the being pregnant with creativity and being fertile with the ability to make something. Yeah. And I feel like that's a really like cool... Like his flute playing. Exactly. Making, making merry, so to speak. Yes, and that is not... That is not tied down to one gender. Yeah, I like that a lot. So I guess I'll kick off my bunny time. Bunny time. So in honor of Easter, uh, well, and so the original trickster that I thought of was the Menehune. I'm probably not saying that correctly, but they're Hawaiian um, little people, like little tiny, like the size of your hand people that uh, they legend says that they were on their island originally and they made all these little uh, monuments and sacred areas and stuff like that. And they're very much tied to the land and tied to that kind of fertility mm-hmm. again and tied to the creation of life. And they're very, they, they want to, they protect their home by playing tricks and pranks on people who are maybe shouldn't be where they are kind of a thing. Um but then I remembered I was thinking about tricksters and like the original trickster that really got my attention 
was um, Ella Ferreira from Watership Down, <laughs> the devastatingly dramatic <laughs> story about all the rabbits and the Warrens and just like bunny life and how, uh, well, the quote that I have um, is the, the sun talking in it. I mean, everybody, if you've seen the movie or if you've read the book, then you know about when the sun's talking to um, Ella Herrera and because uh, Ella Herrera, he's, he thinks he's better than, than everything because he's so fast and he's so, he can make so many babies so fast and nobody can stop him. And even, in, and then the son's like, well, I'm going to give everybody a blessing. I'm going to give the badger, um, fierce claws to dig and I'm going to give, um, the, the deer, uh, uh, swiftness or the lightness of foot or I can't remember exactly. Um, but he wants to give the rabbit lord, the prince of rabbits, uh, a gift. And Ella Herrera avoids him and tries to play, you know, tries to be like, oh, I, I'm not Ella Herrera. I'm not here. Uh, it's not me. You're looking for somebody else. That kind of thing. And so then the son says, Ella Herrera, your people cannot rule the world, for I will not have it so. All the world will be your enemy, prince with a thousand enemies, and whenever they catch you, they will kill you, but first they must catch you. Digger, listener, runner, prince with a swift warning, be cunning and full of tricks, and your people shall never be destroyed. And I remember hearing that as a kid, and I was just like, oh, wow, this guy's like important, and he's not like the traditional hero quote-unquote that you would think of because I mean it's a bunny rabbit it's a sweet little bunny rabbit but then I thought about it more and it was like oh man these bunny rabbits are actually they are fast they are smart they're they hide from foxes they they you know they're they're tough to catch I mean that kind of thing so that got me thinking about other rabbits that are in kind of not popular well I guess popular culture but Bugs Bunny <laughs> is another one that I think of as being a trickster where he's just, I mean, he's Bugs Bunny. He's always given Elmer Fudd the runaround and the duck, uh, Daffy Duck. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. Or then there's also Br'er Rabbit uh, that I think comes from West Africa and was brought over by slaves in that story because it was Brother Rabbit that mm -hmm. they were talking about and then it got shortened to Brer Rabbit and then it got popularized by, I forget the name of the guy, um, and then Disney, of course. Yeah. Um, but Brer Rabbit was also, I mean, it's just like Brer Rabbit is like this guy who, he's fast, he's smart, he, he, he pushes society or societal, like, rules to kind of get in there and, and play the game, I guess, or the mm -hmm. system, or to give himself more of an edge, or I don't know, but it, another cool, fun one. And then the other one I thought of was, uh, so there's the, back in Spokane, there's the Spokane Indian tribe, and then there's also the Coeur d'Alene Indians that mm -hmm. are in Idaho that are really close by. And I can't remember which one I heard it from, which tribe, but there was just 
the story of the rabbit who brought humans fire. And I don't exactly remember the tale, but it was something about this rabbit who uh, stole fire from the badgers. He swam out to this island and he danced with the, or maybe it wasn't badgers, maybe it was otters. Anyways, and then he took the fire that they were dancing around and he danced with them and then he ran and they couldn't catch him and then he gave it to the people and then the people were able to flourish after they got fire. I love that. So many people do not give rabbits enough credit. Right? And I always think about it's the one animal we keep a lucky foot of on our right? bags. Yes, that is an outdated and cruel practice, but it's what I immediately think of. People think of rabbits and they immediately think of abundance and prosperity lucky. and bounty. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's a it's a recurring figure in Easter every year. It has its place in uh Asian culture doing the mm -hmm. Lunar Festival mm -hmm. and so many different societies see this long-eared hoppy little fella as you know just oh, a symbol so of cute. better and things it's like, oh, it's yes yes so yeah I think and I think tragically a lot of just animals just plain not even fantastical animals kind of get a bad not a bad rap but like they don't get recognized enough for their fantasticalness just being themselves because they're not quote-unquote fantastical they're just you know I don't know, there's they're just deer they're just raccoons or they're just bunnies like and doesn't they're not cool they're not weird or interesting they're just we see those all the time but it's like no they have there's so much lore there's so many they, I mean they they're tied to cultures they're tied to everything and and yeah so I think if we could look more at the regular guys i think that would be as well <laughs> oh yes give the woodland critters a chance y'all yeah. except for raccoons <laughs> we know about that already <laughs> bandits a lot of them angry rabbit bandits but no they're they're, they're good peeps too i just always think about how <laughs> you got <laughs> I got bit, but then also I respect that, you know, raccoons, like all animals, have their unique gifts and abilities, and I try to look for the good mm -hmm. in their resourcefulness and cunning and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, penchant for... Well, there's always two sides of the coin, yes. so... Even if they're terrorizing young girls, they, they still have something to offer and teach, and I did learn a lesson that day. <laughs> I did. Mm -hmm. I did. That and raccoon it, was fiercely loyal to her... One and only true love, and you got in the way. Shout out, Squeakers. <laughs> Good old Squeakers. Still, still around. It's not forgotten. R.I.P. <laughs> Probably R.I.P. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just, and I, yeah. And I think rabbits in particular, I always, like I, I, like I said, I forgot about rabbits until I started thinking about it a little bit more. And I was like, oh, yeah, they are kind of trickstery or they can be because i mean i think about like oh they're they've, they're just cute faces and that kind of stuff and then um but they've also these cute enchanting little creatures have tormented like farmers and other people and other creatures for ever yes. and how yeah it's just i i i forgot about the other side of the coin for a hot second but yeah. i'm hoping that we all can remember the other side of the coin for a lot of things with this sort of revival of woodland creatures. 
or whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to get too deep. We're getting too deep. <laughs> When's the last time you have interacted with a rabbit in real life? So I used to have rabbits as pets. I didn't know that. No, I had a bunny, a floppy-eared bunny uh, named Chubbs. And he was a big boy. (laughs) He was the offspring of my sister's rabbit, Harry, uh, named after Harry Potter. And my rabbit, Princess, because she was albino. She was full white, red eyes. She was also really, really mean. <laughs> she, I actually have a scar on my chest from where she scratched me. We both have wild woodland critter scars on our chests. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Just let me be a Disney princess and love you. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so the offspring of those two was Chubbs, and he was my bunny for quite a long time, and. Yeah, he had he was cute because he was all gray, just like his dad. Aww. And he had this big tuft of really fluffy hair on the top of his head, so he looked like like Friar Tuck if Friar Tuck had like gotten staticized by a balloon. Oh lord. <laughs> That's beautiful. And he was dumb as a bag of rocks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I loved him and he was so Chubby and beautiful, and he was so cute. I loved him. Bunnies. Bunnies. So that was my last encounter with him. I love that. The last time I've been around a rabbit, I was at a music festival at mm. a biker ranch in rural Oklahoma. Random. I like it. And they had a bunch of bunnies. and Like wild or their own? Or both? I'm going to say both. They mm-hmm. they they free roamed. They were free range bunnies on this Aww. biker ranch. Oh, that's nice. And it was really fun because they were very friendly. So, you know, I was out doing music festival things and being rambunctious yeah. and wild and free. Touch and, the bunnies. and I sat down and a bunny hopped in my lap. Mm. And it was really sweet. What? Yes, it was the absolute Disney princess moment. I'm pretty sure I may have been like um under some substances at the time so but it was real and i do remember it because other people took pictures and were like oh my god bunny but <laughs> she's a real Disney princess she did it and but yeah that was over 10 years ago and that's the last time i've been around a, any bunny within any type of proximity so mm-hmm. i mean i guess technically because i see like there's a couple wild bunnies around where my sister lives I in the neighborhood. I love neighborhood bunnies. They're so right? pure and sweet. There's one over by Mesta Park that is black, like all black. And he scared me one night because he because he lives in the alleyway right next to the park. And he scared me one night because I was leaving my sister's house and he went right in front of my mom's car and like like did that deer in the headlights thing and we were just oh my gosh get out of the way oh my god scared me but he was he was fine and but i mean i haven't seen him in a while so i don't know if he did the same thing again shadow bunny shadow bunny so yeah maybe he was a mythical figure or yeah we can go back to watership down and i forget the name of the bunny of death i think they're maybe it doesn't i remember yeah right yeah the bunny that takes the other bunnies to the afterlife yeah for the great sleep mm mm-hmm I always loved that part in the very, very end when he journeys through the fog. I don't know why. Or no, that wasn't when he was dying. That was when... But when he takes his last nap in the sun. Yeah. yeah. And he just like, and then he goes dancing off into the sky and yeah. it's really sweet. I love... That movie scared the crap out of me. Me too. But I couldn't take my eyes away. One of those like 
I couldn't not watch it, even though it was horrifying. And But I mean, that's kind of real life. I mean, bunnies do do that. I mean, it's again, it's the two sides of the coin. We can't forget the fact that bunnies are wild critters that have sharp teeth and claws that can hurt. Yep. But they're also really cute. And they're really cute. <laughs> I think I saw a meme one time, and they were like, oh, Lego morphs, aren't they fantastic? And it's like on one side, you have this cute little floof that's round and pudgy, and then you have this like desert hair that's like, I know the secrets of all of mankind, yes. and it has a thousand-yard stare just <laughs> off into the sunset. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very interesting dynamics you mm-hmm, got. Mm-hmm. Two sides of the coin. Hashtag. There we go. Hashtag. Two sides of the coin. Two sides of the coin. Keep that in mind for now. And we'll see you next time. Next time. <laughs> Thank you all again for taking the time to listen. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. And bye. Bye. <laughs> this chapter of Campbell's Corner was brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.